to the West Clinic Hellness to Wellness Podcast. This is taking people that are sick, out of hope, frustrated or confused with their medical recommendations, or are searching for another pathway to health, and it's finding incredible patient outcomes of people just like you. And it's not just saying it. You can see and hear the hundreds of patient success stories on our website, blog, YouTube channel, and of course, right here, coming at you with over a century of patient success in the West Clinic system. Here's your host, Dr. Jason West. Okay, everyone, welcome to this tonight's program. It's Secrets of a Good Night's Sleep, and it is such an important topic. Like, you know, I talk about how water is literally essential nutrient, not enough people are getting water. Well, so many health problems associated with anxiety and depression and blood pressure and stomach problems are related to sleep, and it's so often not looked at or overrated. So that's what we're going to go over in tonight's program. Literally, we're going over secrets to a good night's sleep, how to shut off, how to stay asleep, natural therapies. Now, it's a two-part program that we've got programmed. Today, we're going to be like lining out all the things. I'm definitely going to give you some home tips I'm going to give you the best recommendation, what I think is the best natural thing that I found for sleep. But And then next week, we're going to talk more about, you know, intensive or aggressive interventions from a functional and alternative medicine standpoint. And, and the thought process is not opposed to any type of prescriptive therapy for sleep. It's just we want to use that as the last resort. It's kind of like the Supreme Court. There's some unwanted side effects and and, a, and yet at the end of the day, if you can't sleep, you can't heal. So that's what we're getting ready to do is this program right here, 29 Secrets to a Good Night's Sleep. So let's jump right into it because we've got a lot of stuff to cover. And before I forget, I just wanted to give a shout out to, to the West Clinic team, to the world's greatest nurse practitioner, Shelby, who keeps me zen, Dr. Nelson, who keeps me well, healthy. He's my doctor that I go to. Shelby helps me with all of my medical needs. And I see them create literally amazing patient outcomes on a daily basis. So it's really fun to work with a great team. And also everybody inside of the office, our patient care coordinator, my assistant, our team leader, who, by the way, happy birthday to our team leader, Misty. And of course, Macy and Jordan for helping me produce the show. So just a really neat a team that we put together. So let's go right into sleep and talk about what it is that we can do to help. Now, we can go back to to time immemorial, literally, and I'm just picking out Shakespeare. Oh, sleep, gentle sleep, nature's soft nurse. It's such an important part of healing and particularly your moods and emotions. If you don't have good sleep, then it's, it's really hard to be healthy. And then there's some things that people do unintentionally or accidentally that are really hard on their sleep pathways. And so I put together a quick presentation about the importance of sleep and also the number one thing that I think can help people stay asleep. So I, it's, it seems like we have people that can get to sleep and then they don't stay asleep or they'll wake up definitely have people that have insomnia inside of the practice and there's everybody else in between that is struggling with sleep. I don't think it's that common that people have great sleep and our patients looking for healthcare. So when we're talking about why sleep is so important, like 
It consolidates memories. It helps to reset the nervous system. It restores hormone balance. It clears metabolic waste and neurotoxins. You know, I have so many people that say, look, I'm so annoyed I have to get up and go to the bathroom. And so, you know, I don't like to drink water. Or I don't, you know, do some of these other things late at night because I, I don't want to have to get up. And, and I recognize that, but I also want to possibly reframe that and say this. Yeah, when you get up to go to the bathroom, remember that you're just clearing metabolic waste. You're clearing toxins. And, and so sometimes I think it's a good thing to just be reminded of that, that it is a way for your body to get rid of things. Another thing that I think it's important to readjust a little bit on your physiology is when people say, you know what, I can go to sleep, I can't stay asleep. And then you know what happens is I, my mind won't shut off. Well, a couple things about that. Maybe you're not giving your mind an opportunity to communicate with you at any other time. So when it's asleep, what happens is the body's saying, thank you, I finally got an opportunity to talk, to communicate. And so one of the things that we can do to help shut off the brain is two things. One, you got to be able to communicate with yourself. Set aside some time to just think and communicate during the day or when you're not trying to go to sleep so that you can clear that. The other thing is to write things down. I'm going to talk about that, why it's so important in just a minute. So going back to the sleep, you know, it's all of these important things that's happening. And, you know, science can't exactly figure out why we need it so much. But the one thing that we know is it's super important for everything. Like if there is one healthcare problem that is, is not affected by proper sleep, like I'm not aware of it. Like it, it literally is causing and creating so many chronic health problems that we see a lot inside of the office. So with that being said, in humans, there's nothing that you can't have that can't be improved with sleep. Although we are going to talk a little bit about, um, yes, it's possible to get too much sleep, but the established advantages of sleep is reduces stress. So stress isn't a disease. It just makes every disease worse. It helps your immune system. It can lower your blood pressure. It helps with a better mood and getting myself out of the way. Sleep is perhaps the most important normal function of our brains. It's highly coordinated with mental health and physical health. So is there anything that it isn't affected? There isn't. Now, it's reported that inadequate sleep is 10 times more likely to experience problems with depression melancholy, feeling blue, apathy, lack of stamina, mental concentration. It also suggests that poor sleep raises the risk for suicidal behavior, risk-taking. You know, sometimes I wonder if my boys um, are problems with sleep because sometimes some of the things they do, I'm like scratching my head why they do that, and, and I'm kind of joking and kind of serious about that, but it really affects your thought process. Now, it's a denied sleep is certainly a big factor in cyclic mood disorders and suicidal tendencies. And again, if you have a chronic health problem, which is lack of energy, you aches and pains all over, you're not digesting things, hormone imbalances, not able to lose weight, not able to get started in the morning, some of these other things, it's so critical to make sure that we have gone through a sleep evaluation. When I say a sleep evaluation, Perhaps another way, better way to say it is a sleep inventory, to go through sleep inventory. And are you getting sleep? And then there's a couple things, a really nice 
natural, non-expensive, like it's not a supplement, it's not a treatment, things that you can do inside of this presentation that will really help you to sleep better. So going back to this presentation, despite all of this data that shows it's good for anxiety and depression <coughs> and apathy, it's not thought of as a first-line defense, and that's something that I really want to impact because <laughs> really a lot of healthcare providers don't get educated on the importance of sleep. And, you know, the, one of the studies that I was reading for the presentation says that a lot of healthcare providers don't get sleep themselves, either from the training, um, from being the internship and the residency and some other things, and, they're, and it's not part of the core curriculum for a lot of healthcare programs. So looking at what this looks like, better sleep helps moods. Studies have found that patients present with both insomnia and anxiety or insomnia and depression, and if just the insomnia treated and the anxiety, the depression will get better. But here's the neat thing is sleep is an essential biologic function, and with the treatment approaches available, when you help sleep, you automatically help anxiety, depression, seasonal affective mood disorders, hyper-irritability, able to control tempers and stuff like that. It's so important to have that as part of, of, of your health. And so putting together a checklist. Now, before I forget, inside of this presentation, if you're listening on the podcast, there is a, a ebook that's available, a resource. It's over at drjasonwest.live. It's part of our, our mission to help change and help improve the health of anybody that we can reach and teach and impact. So it's a free ebook over there, 27 Secrets to a Good Night's Sleep, and it goes through the checklist of what I think is important. Now, all of this is stuff that a lot of people are doing, but they're not doing all of it. So some times people are like, like, I'm trying to go to bed at the same time, I'm trying to get up at the same time, not doing caffeine for a couple hours not getting sugar, getting rid of LED lights. But if they, almost everyone that I've gone through hasn't done the whole checklist. And the checklist is, doesn't cost people anything. This is why sleep is so important. If we can improve sleep, we have a greater chance of impacting and improving our health. So here's what good sleep means. One is it should be sufficient. And what this means is it's differing for different times of your life. You need less sleep as an adult in your 20s and college and stuff like that than you do in when you are a baby and certainly when you're in the middle age category, which I don't feel old, but that's the category that I'm in. <laughs> so it's a little bit dependent. Eight hours of sleep doesn't fit everyone. The sleep should be consistent. Getting up at the same time, I think, is the most important part of having a good sleep schedule. Third, when you we know you're getting good sleep when you wake up refreshed and so many times people will be like you know i wake up and i feel like i could go right back to sleep so we've got some adrenal dysfunction we've got some stress management we've got some cortisol things that are imbalanced and so we want to put all of that together inside of a healthy program so here's the slide that i was talking about it's important to recognize that more sleep is not better. If you get too much sleep, what happens is less than five hours is bad. More than nine hours is bad. And, and, in, and especially adults associated with increased in psychiatric and substance abuse and suicidal attempts, it happened where they got too much sleep 
and too little sleep. So I like to tell everybody, this is kind of like blood sugar. Too much sleep is like too much sugar, diabetes, all of these complications associated with that. Too little sleep is like too little blood sugar where you get neuroglycopenia, which means when, the, when you don't get enough sugar to the nerves, they fail. So both of those on the opposite ends of the spectrum are not very good. You want to have healthy sleep just like healthy blood sugars. You want it to be balanced or in the middle. Okay, um, the first stage. So walking through the different things of sleep. When we sleep, I, I like that target of seven to eight hours. Our bodies go through a couple different phases of sleep. The first stage is categorized by actually falling asleep. And I think this is a really important to recognize or review. And here's what I mean by that. So many times people will get to sleep and they won't stay asleep. So that's one problem. The other problem is not able to shut off. And, and I tell people all the time inside of the office, it's like we have to power down the plant. So our body's this energy producer, like a, an auto plant or a steel plant. And after the workers leave, this is all the energy that's expended throughout the day. I visualize this night watchman going around, looking at the different you know, system, making sure the doors are locked, turning off the lights. And then he goes to the master control panel and he has to reach up and grab this big breaker to pull in to shut off the plant. That's what I think is what has to happen to get you to sleep. And sometimes, maybe you've experienced this, some people are too tired to actually go to sleep. Like we have to help with their energy levels throughout the day so they have enough energy for that night watchman to pull up the big breaker. Now, that's just how I envisualize happening in the body, but you can be too tired to go to sleep, so we've got to make sure that we have some ability to catch up, which is one of the recommendations you know, when I was a kid, I hate taking naps. And when I'm an adult, I'm like, man, I'd give anything for a nap. So one way is to not penalize ourselves or be upset to take a power nap. And you know, I've seen some really good outcomes with patients and myself is to take a short five, 10 minute power nap. You see these in different cultures and stuff like that. So we want to get enough um, energy to go to sleep. The other thing that I think happens with people that are waking up is they run out of energy throughout the day. And when they run, run out of energy throughout the day, and not, excuse me, when they run out of energy at night, it wakes them up. It's like their blood sugar drops, um, the brain freaks out, the nervous system freaks out. We call that neuroglycopenia. So one of the things that I think is a good idea is to make sure you get some protein. This is what's happening to you. Get some protein before you go to bed and, and make sure it's healthy program and not carbs because I think carbs are going to work on your metabolism and actually make you gain weight, healthy proteins, you know, a handful of raw nuts, maybe a little bit of yogurt or some complex carbs like uh, some, you know, broccoli or even a little bit of peanut butter. And something that helps to get a little bit of protein in your system so that you can carry that energy through the night. So the second stage of sleep is when we get into this kind of a it's not unlike a nap. It's really getting into, you're just getting ready to really power off. And, and this is where people are susceptible to you know, st stimuli and stuff like that. And, and we're just getting ready to go into the third phase. And the third phase of sleep usually lasts about an hour. And, and it's, it's just preparing us to go into the REM sleep or the rapid eye sleep. 
which is a lighter stage of sleep, but it's it's that's where we get our dreams and stuff for. Now, it's normal for us to waken through the night, and sleep can be sufficient if we have those time periods in place, and, and we can see that if we can get phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, then we don't always have to sleep exactly eight hours, but we've got to get into all those phases. And so many times people, because of, of electromagnetic frequency poisoning, stuff like that, they're not getting in to that phase. So we want to review and talk about what available phases and stuff that we're in. Now, all of the stages, when we get through those, we feel sleepier when we awaken each day or we're governed by our personal circadian rhythms and habits, and they all have a little bit of variability in there. But the circadian rhythms are regulated by our genes, what you get from your mom, what you get from your dad, and light. This is one of the reasons why I say you need to have a sleep environment inside of your where you sleep. So a sleep environment is that's not where we go to to you know watch TV. It's not where we go um, to get on our phone. Like we we need to condition our bodies to go to an area that that's what we do for sleep and rest. And it's one of the biggest things is to create a sleeping sanctuary. Like we shouldn't have pollution in that sanctuary. And that's talking about things like LED and TVs and, and, and alarm clocks. And, and I'm guilty of this and I'm, I'm calling myself to do better is to not be on your phone or your tablet because that LED light is going to your pineal gland, which is where your circadian rhythms are regulated and looking at your melatonin production, which I'm actually a, a big fan of melatonin. I've had a couple of people respond as we posted this. Hey, w w what do you think of melatonin and what's the dosage? And I like it. And I think dosages vary um, from person to person. I think there's an amazing immune system regulating effect. So we're going to catch any melatonin, but I'm mostly positive on it. You have to be a little bit careful uh, with melatonin. Okay, so going into these different stages... Um, the light detectors inside of our body, this is so important. The nerve cell is inside of the retina. Even in blind people, it detects the light and it regulates it through the nervous system to secrete melatonin, which is this hormone that I think, number one, regulates the system, and number two, can help you sleep. And this rhythm is a 24-hour clock that helps between sleepiness and, and alertness, and it regulates body functions, hormone release, and the activities of our organs. Now, my background in oriental medicine, this horary cycle and the liver and the stomach and the heart, all of these organs are on an important windows. There's usually a two-hour window that these organs are, and it's all related to getting your body on a schedule and helping you to get a sense of control. Now, how to get good sleep. Let's go through this. Number one, now, the first stage of getting a good night's sleep, I think, and that's why I put this picture in here, is to get up at the same time. I think this is the most important rule. If you're having sleep problems, you want to get up at the same time. Now, if you're in college and you're, or you're, <laughs> you're on a date or you're traveling or whatever else and you miss your target bedtime, what I think you should do is get up at the same time every single day. And if you need to catch up, on sleep or pee, repay your sleep deficit, you should take a siesta or a nap through the day. That's how you manage that. I think it's really helpful to regulate your system. It's one of my first recommendations 
is to make sure that you are um, getting up at the same time. Now, some other rules that are really helpful, avoid stimulants such as caffeine and medication at least three hours before bedtime. Reminder, like, I, I think... I think that there's some good things about caffeine. I think that there are some bad things about caffeine, but I do want to remember it can last six to eight hours. So if you're slamming caffeine at dinner time, that it is, it can really affect your sleep health. And the other thing that I recommend for people, like when you're, when you're tired, you should go to sleep and then make sure you're getting up at the same time. I think this is a really good rule. Another thing about food intake, experts advise to avoid eating too close to bedtime as digestion can slow down during sleep and undigested food can can cause indigestion and stomach problems. So I think it's nice to have a break at least, you know, again, I I like the two or three hour window before you go to bed. Also, diet matters. Alcohol can affect the sleep durations and certain foods can cause you to stay up. Caffeine, refined white sugar, high fructose corn syrup, and other foods can help you take, to shut off. You know, one of the examples of, of a protein that, that some people really respond to is, is turkey. And turkey, because there's a lot of tryptophan in there, it can help some people sleep. That's inside of our recommendations in part two. Also, movement is so important. There's evidence of a workout as little as 10 minutes a day helps to regularly and dramatically help the quality of sleep. And this is why in the office we're always talking about movement is life. Like if you want to be sick, if you want to have a decreased quality of life, then move less or don't move at all. Like this is why being a couch potato is really, really tough uh, for people to be healthy. I don't expect you to necessarily go run a marathon. I do expect you to be uh, healthier. Okay, so a relaxing atmosphere for sleep, so important have a dark, cool, quiet, have a bedtime routine, and get out of the screens. Now, I made a mistake on the slide because you can't see it as well as I could, but LED lights, TVs, alarm clock, can mimic sunlight confuse your body and interferes with melatonin protection. If you have an alarm clock, make sure that it's not flashing red or green or blue LED lights at you and affecting your nervous system. I like uh, alarm clocks that are really dark. Now, I want to talk about alarm clocks for a minute because I think there's some benefit in regulating sleep patterns because a lot of times I'll tell people, look, if you're struggling, worried, and, and you go to sleep but you can't stay asleep, a lot of times people are, are worried, I'm not going to be able to get up on time. And sometimes people will get stressed saying, oh, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, it's 2.15, it's 3 o'clock, it's 4 o'clock, and I am going to have to get up at a certain time. So what I tell them is, look, get an alarm clock that doesn't have a light source so that you can regulate and you can be healthy in that time period. It really helps your nervous system to get a sense of control. I just don't think it's a good idea to see it. Okay, so to summarize part one of our sleep study, all body systems are affected by sleep. The most important thing, get up on time, have a relaxing atmosphere, avoid energy pollution, which is the LED lights. I think the most important takeaway from the presentation so far is to get up at the same time every single day. Um, To get up at the same time, if you go to bed later, if you need to catch up on the weekends, on your Saturday, Sunday, or if you're a shift worker, I think it's good to get up at the same time and then try and and get a nap or to catch up with that. Um, I think naps are okay. I have so many people that feel guilty for taking naps. 
Um, especially for moms that are like, I don't feel very good. I've got fibromyalgia. I'm suffering with chronic fatigue. I get my kids up and go to school. Then I'm like, well, you should take a nap after that. Um, I see that a lot. I see it a lot in people that are in shift work or a lot of drivers and stuff like that um, that are driving freight and, and truck driver and people that are cramming for studies and finals and, and lawyers that are getting ready for court cases and stuff like that. They're like, you know, I just really struggle. Naps, I think, are really important and I think are really, really healthy. Okay, I did want to talk real quick about one of the uh, my favorite natural things for people. Like, it, this keeps coming up all the time. I love this product right here called Sleep Chewies. It's not um, expensive. It has some vitamin B6, some inositol, some 5-HTP, which helps the nervous system, and melatonin. It won't make you dopey or loopy. This is something that I was able to custom formulate. Um, it's not a prescription. It's available right through the link underneath us. That's one of the recommendations that I have. I also am going to go through melatonin, 5-HTP. I'm going to talk about GABA immunobutyric acid in part two. But to summarize, this is my checklist of things to help, that can help people. One, talking to yourself, I think, is really healthy. I think that takes out of that like woodpecker scenario at night when people are like, look, I go to sleep and then I wake up and then my mind races. That's because you're not taking time to communicate through yourself through the day when things are busy. So just create some time to talk to yourself. Journaling, I think, is the number two thing. So getting up at the same time is number one. Journaling is number two. Body therapy, whether it's massage therapy, therapeutic uh, touch, um, I think that is really good for people. Massage therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, chiropractic therapy, some advanced treatments, neural therapy, acupuncture, and then as a last resort, some prescriptive therapy. So that is our presentation for part one of Sleep Secrets. I wanted to just give everybody a real quick review of saying this is why sleep's so important. It affects your moods and emotions. I think the number, the biggest causes or characteristics of people with chronic health problems. One, their stomach is a mess. Everybody has digestive problems, whether it's eating the wrong foods or food allergies or food sensitivities. And number one, a um, sleep patterns that are off. So I think those two things, they're tied. Um, I see that as a common denominator. And being able to help people sleep uh, make sure you pick up the sleep guide over at drjasonwest.live. It's free that you can download. There's a 27-point uh, checklist. None of it is related to prescription or supplements. It doesn't cost you anything to go through the checklist. I just think it's a really good way to live. So this is part one. Part two, we're going to talk about advanced medical treatments, interventions, um, some things like kava kava and ashwagandha and 5-HTP uh, and lemon balm, some of these other things that you see all the time. Also, some mineral therapy that are really helpful to sleep, like magnesium and some natural hormone precursors, melatonin, how we can coordinate the pineal gland and the pituitary gland to help with sleep patterns. That's all part of our show next week. That is Sleep Part 2. I'm Dr. Jason West on behalf of the West Clinic team. Thank you so much for participating and being part of the podcast. I hope you get some value on it. Please like it and share it so we can get our message out to reach and teach and heal the world. And I will be with you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Hellness to Wellness podcast. Every week we're sharing stories of people beating their disease or restored hope, treatments most doctors don't even know about, and information you need to live your life at the highest level. Remember, live, don't just exist. Do us a favor. 
please like the show and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps to share the message of health and hope. For additional resources like booking appointments and free video masterclasses, check out www.drjasonwest.live. It's internet information you can trust. Here's to your energy, balance, and longevity. And we'll see you on the next Hellness to Wellness episode where you'll be saying, man, I feel good. Good.